and to the Eastern Conference All-Stars. You scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Giannis, to your team, this trophy is yours. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I felt like an eight-year-old this afternoon because when Bill's show was done, I was kind of getting some things ready for the show and you know, sitting in the studio. I had my lunch. And I'm like, it's so nice outside. And by the time I'm done with my show at 6 o'clock, it's going to be dark outside. I should go outside. I should go for a quick walk. Just enjoy a little bit of the, the beautiful weather. It's like 50 degrees and sunny. And there's a quick trip, like three blocks from where I work. Our friend's a quick trip. And I'm like, I'm going to walk over to the quick trip. But I packed such a nice lunch. And like, I don't, I don't know what I would buy. But I'm just, I'm going to walk to quick trip. I'm going to buy myself a little, a little treat. You know, just, just to have a reason to go outside and walk around. And I bought a candy bar and a, and a can of Diet Coke. And I never drink pop. Like, some people have a, a Diet Coke every day with lunch. Like, it's, it's part of your routine. Right now, I have coffee every morning, like, without fail. And if not a coffee, a Red Bull, Celsius, something. Like, I, I kind of like my caffeine. I don't know that I need it, I, but I definitely want it a lot. Uh, I don't want, need, who's to say? Uh, but I got a Diet Coke, and I got to say, I get the appeal. What a nice little treat. I might be a Diet Coke guy. Not actually. I, I don't think I could drink a Diet Coke every day. But to those of you that do, I see the appeal. This is quite refreshing. I didn't drink it all because I think if I drank this whole can, I think I'd get the hiccups. And I can't. I can't have the hiccup. We have too many important things to discuss tonight for me to get the hiccups during the show. Batters basketball won last night. Brewer spring training is only getting more and more and more exciting. Doc Rivers just keeps just keeps saying things like we got we got a lot of important things to discuss so I can't be getting the hiccups but I tip my cap to the Diet Coke drinkers of the world I wasn't familiar with your game I, I underestimated you, I underappreciated you, I get the appeal I might just give it a little bit of a try it was a very nice treat. I, I'm gonna walk over to Quick Trip by a candy bar <laughs> I'm hungry, I wanna, <laughs> I wanna go for a walk <laughs> I feel like such a child. It's like I, I paid with $1 bills, too. Like, I didn't even, didn't even bring my wallet. I just had a wad of cash. I felt like a child. Anyways, that was my afternoon. So the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having a great day. It is beautiful outside. Great evening if you're done with work or you don't have any obligations. Just throw in the headphones. Go for a walk outside and enjoy some good sports talk radio. One of my favorite things to do. Go for a jog or go for a walk. Just throw in the AirPods and... Listen to one of my favorite sports shows or podcasts. So that's what I would recommend if you're able tonight. It's absolutely beautiful outside. I really, this is, this is killer. Like I'm, I'm, you know, anti-global warming. I'd, I'd like to not, you know, have global warming. Uh, and I, I do need a little bit of snow. I think of our guy, Eric on I-90. Where's he going to snowmobile? Pretty soon he's going to have to hire a bush pilot to fly him in his snowmobiles up to like the northern tip of Canada. He's running out of real estate to snowmobile. But I do like the warm weather. I'm not going to lie. I want to start with Badgers basketball. We'll get into the Brewers at some point. We'll get into the Packers. We'll get into the Bucks. Plenty to say about every single one uh, one of our teams and then some tonight. Plus, I I feel like I can actually reasonably, legibly host a sports show tonight. Bill was back today, which was nice. It was great to have him back, and we had some great conversations, but... Mostly, like, I'm already not four hours in to hosting sports talk for the day, so I feel like I can speak clearly 
and I feel like my brain is working today. So uh, I'm excited for the next two hours, uh, needless to say. 608-321-1670. If you would like to join the show, I'd love to have you. Open up the phone lines here in about 15 minutes. You can always tweet me at Wisco Grant. I tweeted out the show link, as I always do. And for those of you that maybe don't uh, get the joke that I'm trying to make, I tweeted out sending my leaks to everyone who clicks the link. Because uh, I always tweet out the show link at the beginning of the show. For those who stream or for those who don't have a physical radio, it's just a nice reminder. Hey, just click this link online. You can listen. I feel like all Twitter is now is leaks. It's like, hey, did you see this influencer? This, it's all fake. It's all fake. Like, if you, check, check the trending tab on Twitter one of these days. And it's just like three celebrity leak scams. That's all Twitter is now. I was looking at Todd Rosiak's tweets today. He's got porn bots in his replies. We've lost this website if we can't keep the replies of Todd Rosiak PG. If we have naked women in Todd Rosiak's replies, then we are we are struggling online. But I can still tweet out the link. You can click it, listen, anytime I'm on Twitter. Interact with me during the show, at Wisco Grant. Badgers won last night. I was in attendance. Uh, Vagabond John actually sent me a message after the show because he lives on this end of town, uh, on this side of Madison. And he's like, hey, I was going to the Badger game, and Plans kind of fell through. I have an extra ticket. Do you want to go? And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, well, I got to watch anyways. I, I told him, I was like, I literally can't think of a reason why I shouldn't go to this game with you. Seats were awesome. I, I really made out. I was a winner last night. We were like fifth, sixth, seventh row. We were super close. We were right by the hoop where AJ Store threw down that awesome dunk, which was one of the best dunks I've ever seen in a Badger basketball game, let alone witnessed in person. Um, and then AJ store kind of sucked the rest of the game. And <laughs> it was a very interesting game last night. And it was very similar to a lot of the Badger games of the last couple of weeks. Now, luckily the Badgers won last night. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it was a must win last night. I don't know that I tweeted it out, but we talked about the idea of it being a must blowout. I, I really would have liked for them to hammer really would have liked for them to hammer Maryland, but Maryland's got a good defense and it's a conference game. So to say that you need to blow out a conference opponent, probably a little bit much, but definitely a must win a team. That's just over 500 has been really struggling to win basketball games. And the Badgers held on to win 74 70. And it was very similar to a lot of the games they've played the last few weeks. And there were one or two moments in the first half. And there was a moment felt like five or six minutes into the second half where they had an eight-point lead or they had a 10-point lead, and it's like, okay, if you get a couple of stops, a couple of buckets, you're not going to put this game out of reach, but you are going to change this game script completely. You're going you're gonna to gap Maryland so much where you can start to dig in and play a different version of basketball, and it's not like the Badgers have not been able to do that. They haven't been able to take a team past that eight to 10-point threshold. They'll go on a great run. And they'll dig in on defense a little bit and they'll run good offense and then they'll build up the lead to eight to 10 points, but they're, they're not able to put it out of reach. They're not able to keep going. They're not able to keep pushing. And that's been, I think a, a theme throughout the, this last couple of weeks where they've really struggled compared to what we saw before that Nebraska loss. And before that Purdue loss uh, right before Super Bowl week, it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a struggle. The difference last night was John Blackwell. John Blackwell was awesome last night. And I saw a lot of tweets from people who normally are chiming in about Badgers basketball and interacting with the show, kind of our Badger degenerate corner of the Wisco Sports Show Twitterverse. And just a lot of love for John Blackwell. He did so many good things last night. And Greg Gard talked about that. 
Greg Gard after the game, and I saved a little bit of this audio that Zach Heilprin was kind enough to send me. Zach was covering the game in an official capacity last night. I was covering the game from a fan perspective. See, we kind of had both angles covered with the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We were well represented in the Kohl's Center last night. Zach did the official things. I was more there gathering vibes, uh, you know, reading body language, that kind of thing, up close and personal. Covering the game, again, from a fan perspective, Greg Gard after the game, talking about all the good things that John Blackwell does. First of all, John Blackwell is a little bit bigger than I thought. That was my first observation. It's like, man, he's he's a little bit bigger. He's he's firmer. He's like he's a big dude. On TV he looks smaller both in height and in width. He's a little bit beefier than I thought, a little bit taller than I thought. Pretty darn good on defense. And of course, you know, he can learn from Chucky Hepburn. That's not a bad guy to play behind if you're trying to shape yourself into a good defensive guard in the Big 10. Greg Gard after the game last night talking about all the good things John Blackwell does and a lot of those things, things that you just can't teach. His IQ as a player, I mean, we find him all the time. We try to teach other guys some of those cuts, and he just comes by it naturally. He does things you can't teach. That's that's an innate feel. That's, you know, his dad or mom or whoever growing up. He just has a really good, he's a smart basketball player. And like I said, that's, that's why we wanted him here, and obviously he's contributing a lot as a freshman. He was awesome. They don't win that game last night without John Blackwell. John Blackwell also makes his free throws. I'm nervous when Chucky Hepburn goes to the free throw line now. And, and of course, his his stats, his free throw shooting, he's probably shooting over the last couple of games like 70%, which to me feels like 20% because I'm used to Chucky Hepburn being automatic from the line. John Blackwell last night, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. As a team, they shot 28 at 31. If they shoot anywhere close to that well against Iowa on Saturday, they win going away. But Chucky Hepburn can't take advantage of two technical free throws. Interesting enough, the Maryland coach getting teed up last night. I believe it was, I, I don't think it was Blackwell who took the free throws. I'm 99% sure that it was Max Klesman who took the free throws. Whoever took them made both, if I remember correctly. And then, wouldn't you know it, the game is coming down the stretch as a one-possession game because Wisconsin could not get the stop. Wisconsin had no problem. They used some timeouts, but they had no problem inbounding the ball, taking the contact, making the free throws, and holding serve in kind of the final 60 seconds. The problem is they couldn't get a stop. And maybe that was by design. Maybe they're like, all right, we'll give up the bucket, but we're not going to foul. This Badgers team just can't get a stop when they need it. And the defense has been an issue throughout the year. I struggle to comprehend why this team sometimes can't get stops. Their backcourt is Chucky Hepburn and Max Klesman. And I don't think the other three are slaps on defense. Like, I don't think Storwall and Crowell or last night Blackwell played in closing time, which is something we're going to talk about. Uh, It was a big change guard with, I'd say, a very aggressive coaching move last night to sit down A.J. Storr and close the game with John Blackwell instead. Interestingly enough, much to the celebration of many Badgers fans, including fans at the Cole Center, I could hear sitting around me, like Carter Gilmore did not play last night. It probably took a couple too many games to get that figured out, but it was Blackwell that closed instead of A.J. Store. And, and I don't realize with Hepburn and Klesman as your backcourt, why can't you get stops? It's not like Crowell is a terrible defender. It's not like Wall's a terrible defender. They might not be the best defenders in college basketball, but when you have a backcourt of Klesman and Hepburn who can get over ball screens and stop dribble penetration, stopping dribble penetration, just talk to anybody around the Bucs, that's step number one to a good defensive possession. If you can stop initial dribble penetration, 
you prevent the offense from getting into an action and you prevent the defense from needing to get into rotations, right? That's step number one. If you are trying to get a good shot, the first thing you want to do as an offense is get the defense in some sort of rotation, whether it's a screen and roll, a cut, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, pass down into the post. You want to get the defense to react, right? You need to get the defense moving and shifting. You, you can't have a static defense. A static defense is much more difficult to attack because all the defenders are standing, watching, focused. If you get them moving around, then there's possibility someone makes a mistake. Someone misses a rotation. Someone misses an assignment, right? And I just don't understand who are the backcourt of Max Klesman and Chucky Hepburn, how you can't get stops. This team should be better defensively. I don't know if it's a, a willpower thing. I don't think it's a scheme thing. I'm 99% sure it's not a personnel thing. The defense should be better. Like, they needed one stop in the final 60 seconds, and this game is easy, and this game is over. They couldn't do it. So instead, they need to hit 90% of their free throws to win the game. And, and look, you know, I was talking to Vagabond John after the game, and I bumped to some friends after the game, and I was texting a buddy. Post game conversations. It was a great game, very entertaining game. And I had some conversations that basically amounted to, well, man, if they don't hit 28 of their 31 free throws, where are they? Maybe I'm old school. It's my expectation that a Badgers basketball team shoots free throws at a really, really, really high clip, especially now that Tyler Wall can make free. Like Tyler Wall made six or seven free throws last night. Tyler Wall has grown up. I have very few complaints about Tyler Wall. Watching him in person, and, like, there's a difference between watching on TV, watching in person. Maybe it was just last night. Tyler Wall was everywhere. Playing through contact, playing in really tight spaces under the rim. Like, he was creating really, really tough buckets and helping this offense go on a couple of runs. And they would get out, like I said, to an eight-point lead, ten-point lead, and and then it would come to a halt. I, Greg Gard did tighten up his rotations. Zach had that clip in the intro of, you know, now they don't play for another week. So the team is well rested, but also like they had to win this game. You can't really fart around too much with Nolan Winter and and Connor a siege. And Nolan Winter only played five minutes last night. Now, AJ Store had the amazing dunk, but for large stretches of the rest of the game, he looked a little uncertain of where he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do. When we had Nick Osen on the show last week, the analogy that I used is is sometimes when you watch AJ Store. It's like when you play a video game and you're playing the best character in the game, the best champion in the game, right? Or you have the best weapon in the game and you know that you're like, man, I, I really kick ass. Like I got everything I need, but you don't know the controls. So you're kind of flailing around. Like you don't really know what to do with the amazing character in the game or the amazing weapon that you've picked up. AJ store at times over the last couple of weeks have felt that way. Like AJ store really athletic, really talented offensive dynamo knows that he needs to contribute, knows that he needs to be aggressive, but he kind of sometimes looks unsure of the best way to do that. I thought the same as Steven Crowell last night. I thought Crowell had a really, really poor game. He had two of the worst turnovers you'll have where he's on the block, double team comes, he's looking around and normally Steven Crowell's really good as a passing big man. Normally, he's really good at passing out of a double team. I don't know if Maryland just had a good read on him. Maryland's a solid defensive team. But <laughs> Stephen Crowell basically assisted on two free layups in the fast break going the other way. He was poor. And then on offense late in the game, he was bumping into other guys. Like, Crowell didn't always really look like he knew where he was supposed to be or what he was supposed to be doing. A.J. Storm much of the same. Greg Gard actually sat A.J. Storm the last couple of minutes. And I, and I think it was for the best because A.J. Storm, he was forcing... It, shots and passes and dribble like he was everywhere he didn't really seem like he was comfortable within his role and 
not necessarily his role, big picture on the team, but he didn't know how to get in and how to fit in Stephen Crowell much of the same. Luckily, they made all their free throws. Max Klusmet hit a huge three-pointer down the stretch. I also, how is this team so bad? Crunch time possessions, a minute left, clock is ticking down, you have a three-point lead. This team is allergic to working the ball around and getting a good shot. And it's a little bit of a fan cliche, and it's a little bit of a a dead horse that fans beat. It's like, oh, Greg Gard better take a timeout so he can drop an isolation Chucky Hepburn three. But but that's what they do. (laughs) That's what they do. Every crunch time possession. It's like, oh, man. It's frustrating watching this team sometimes because they have the answers to the test, and they very rarely use them especially the last couple of weeks. But I tip my hat to John Blackwell. I I think so much more of him today than I did. And I thought very highly of him yesterday, but his role on the team moving forward this year should be expanded. I also wonder, maybe they're able to beat Rutgers or maybe they're able to beat Michigan if Blackwell is available or fully healthy. Maybe the last couple of weeks look different. I, I don't know. We'll never know. I guess it doesn't really make sense or it doesn't, it's not really productive to worry about that. But I tip my cap to Greg Gard for, Sitting down Carter Gilmore probably took him a little too long. And then closing with Blackwell because he was much better than A.J. Storr was last night. A.J. Storr had the dunk, which was unbelievable. But other than that, John Blackwell was a better player and a better piece for the Badgers last night. Let's take a three-minute break. If you want to call in, talk Badgers basketball, I'd love to have you. I want to talk Brewers as well tonight. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Talk of Badgers hoops. If you want to react to last night's win, what it means. Look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth right now with this Badgers win. Is that an appropriate use? Is that a correct use of that an, an analogy expression? I think so. This team needs to win games, conference games. They've really struggled to do that the last few weeks. So even if it was a little closer than you prefer down the stretch, I mean they took care of business. They made their free throws like a proper. Wisconsin Badgers basketball team should. I I struggle a little bit with this team's inability to get crunch time stops. It wasn't the case early on in the season. I loved this Badgers team, you know, final two minutes up five because you could just unleash Chucky Hepburn and Max Klesman. And my frustration, their defense is like, look, I know Crowell's not the best defender in the world, but he's bigger than everybody else except for Zach Eady. And you have the perfect defensive backcourt. Like you can't do much better than Chucky and Max Klesman. You can prevent dribble handoffs. You can get over ball screens. You can't give up penetration. I mean, the, the Bucks starts there, right? And yet, my God, they need one crunch time stop in the last 60 seconds last night. They couldn't get it. Maryland got a bucket every time they needed it. Paul tweets in and says, I'm sorry, Grant, but Crowell is and always has been a terrible defender. But the rest of your statement regarding why this team can't play better defense is well-founded. Well, thank you, Paul. And maybe I'm underestimating how much of a weak link Crowell is on defense. I don't know. I'd have to go grind tape. I'm no J.J. Redick here, okay? I, I can't break down the intricacies of Crowell's defensive game. But it's not like they're undersized. It's not like they can't throw a big body in an opposing center later. And when you give me Hepburn and Klesman, I figure out the rest. You should at least be able to be good, to very good. You shouldn't be terrible. And for stretches the last couple of weeks, this defense has been so, so, so bad especially when they need stops, worst of all. 608-321-1670. By the way, contract details for Brandon Woodruff have been released. 
We'll talk about that coming up here at 4.30 after we take our next break. Let's go to the phones. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike here. Clemhead Mike. Now, Clemhead, do you have Peacock? The game was on Peacock last night. You're more of a cable man. Yeah, I don't have Peacock. I don't have cable. Um, I have a lot of streaming services, but not Peacock. No, I... (laughs) I survived without it so far, so I'll yeah, be all right. Do, you've been doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got a great big antenna. Um, so, um, yeah, I, the reason I called was did um, I my son came over today with my grandson, and we replaced his brake pads on his car. We were busy. I didn't get to hear the last three hours of Bill Michaels. Did you have to fill in for him today? Because I'm looking at YouTube right now, and he's not on. No, Bill Bill was back, and because Bill talked about this today, I, I feel comfortable sharing. So Bill, I heard the first hour. Oh, you, know, you heard yeah. the first hour, yeah. So Bill took, Bill took a spill uh, this yeah. weekend and banged up his face a little bit and got a concussion. So he's been out of commission for that reason. Um, just kind of a freak accident thing. So, and like I, he sent me a picture of his face. It's he's pretty messed up. So that's why he wasn't on stream today. Uh, and again, yeah. because he talked about that today, I kind of feel comfortable sharing that on Bill's behalf. Yeah, he was. I watched the first hour, but then I had to go. And I'm looking right now at YouTube, and he's not on. So I don't. I wonder if maybe you filled in for the last three hours or something, but. No, I guess not. Huh? No, it was oh. good. No, it was good. We had uh, let's see. We had Bob Nightingale on who was at Brewers camp the other day. Talked to Mark Atanasio. We had Kevin Holden, who's down in Arizona. Rob Reichel loaded show. I, I, I would even say loaded show this afternoon with Bill. OK, I will say he had the best right hand relief radio host in in, in radio land. And he should have he should use you. He, if he's not in any shape to if he's hurting that bad. He should have probably just stayed in bed. <laughs> Well, that's I what I told him. I was like, dude, if you, if you get two hours into the show and you feel like you got to go lay down and close your eyes, I like I can. Right. I like I, I've been I've been faking my way through the first couple of days of this week already. <laughs> like I can I can handle two hours uh, the best you, I can. I'll just yell about Stephen Crowell and Carter Gilmore. You're the best right hand reliever in radio. I was just kind of curious. So, yeah, I just I just got in. I missed the first 15 minutes of your show. So um don't know what the heck's going on. But I just wanted to see if Bill was all right because I. I thought DC's not on YouTube. Maybe Grant filled in for the last three hours or something. So yeah. just thought I'd check in. No, and I, I appreciate that. Your concern for Bill. I appreciate you, Clemhead. You have an awesome night. I, anytime you need information about the, the goings-on, going-ons, going, goings, I think it's goings-on. Every time I, I mention that on the show, I'm I'm unclear on exactly how to say it. But, yeah, Bill, uh, Bill Bill's pretty banged up right now. And the fact that he soldiered through four hours, he did better than I would have uh, coming off a concussion today talking about Brewers spring training and, you know, talking a little bit about the Badger game as well. We didn't talk as much about the Badgers today, mostly because Bill, like, I don't know that Bill can watch TV for too long. Like, I don't know how much of the game he saw last night. I know he saw some, but, like, he's pretty messed up. Like, he's got a concussion. So I went, I was there in a fan. I, I covered the game from a fan's perspective. Zach was there from a media perspective, both of us together. I mean, you're not going to get any better coverage. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Hector. Hector in Alaska. Hector, what do you know? What's yes, new? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm just whipping together a little egg bake Ooh. to throw in the oven. A little breakfast. A little breakfast for dinner. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, well, I didn't watch the Badger game. I was on Peacock, um, but I was watching Yellowstone. Ooh, I kind of hit a wall with Yellowstone. I liked it, but I'm like, eh. I, I don't know. I think I would like the prequels better. I haven't seen 1883 or 1941 or whatever they are, but I, I think I need the old West. The new West is yeah. it's a little too on the nose for me, I think. 
Yeah, I well, we just started watching it, um, so we're just like five episodes into the whole thing. Oh, it's great then. Yeah. So it's pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, between that, we're watching Parks and Rec. We kind of have a serious show and then a comedy going at the same time. So that's a good. That's a good approach. Well, yeah, you know, we, there's certain new ones that have just come out, like, that we watch, but you know you got to wait till it's five or six episodes into the season before you binge it. I gotcha. I'm not, a, I'm not a very, you know, wait for next week and find out kind of guy. Yeah, you're, well, you're more of I want it now, man. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah I'm gotcha. busy, you know? I'm busy. That you are, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the Badger game, but I've heard I've been I, the people at work were just relieved that they won. So yeah, what were they? You, you, I, you work for our friends at Quick Trip, right? I do. Yep, yeah. I what what were they the saying at Quick Trip about the game today? Well, uh, well, first of all, it was a relief that it was uh, um, a win. Mm-hmm. There were quite a few complaints that they barely won. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of odd to hear because you know a win is a win. You know it's hap- it's good to just get the skit over with. Yeah. Um, I there's a big uh contr- or a big uh guy there that works um on the pulling pallet side. Oh, in like the a, warehouse. like a, like a physically large, yeah. like he's a large person. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. he's a large man. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But he's not a big fan of uh of the coach, so he's very pro, you know, the, the fire guard gauge. Interesting. So Interesting. He, Interesting. he was very, oh, yeah, it's a win, but come on, kind of today. So besides that, I actually heard more about excitement about the Brewers. I have a couple guys that I don't have a lot of people that talk about sports there, but a, a few, and I just happened to work by them today. So we talked a little Brewers and uh, excitement for that, and they're convinced that the the – quote-unquote step back that the Brewers will take this year is not very big so yeah that was a big conversation Hector I appreciate you I'm going to move along go take care of that egg bake okay enjoy the time with your family and and watching Yellowstone it's a good show I I didn't mean to poo-poo it it's just you get a couple seasons into anything once you get into season four or five of any show you kind of really got to piss or get off the pot you know what I mean so that's I didn't mean to downplay it have a great time it's a good watch sounds good Grant good night have a good one good night Hector that's Hector not Alaska listening on WK2Y yeah, I, if you're an anti-guard person, I actually think you, I, like, I don't know what you'd be too frustrated with last night. I, I mean, it's, again, my frustration throughout the stretch is they've gotten out to leads against Iowa, and they got out to a lead last night against Maryland, and they would get out to like an 8-10 to 10 point lead, and I, I talked to, I was at the game with Vagabond John last night. It was very nice to offer me a ticket and give me a lift. Um, and I said when they were up eight or 10, I think it was 10 points in the second half. I'm like, man, they got an opportunity here. If they can get three good defensive possessions, three good offensive possessions, they can flip this game kind of on its head and really, really put Maryland up against the wall. And I think this team is designed so well to play with a lead. I talked about that early on in the season. I don't know if they're a great team to play from behind because in order to come back, you got to get stops and this, this team can't always get stops. But when they have a lead like 10, 12, 15 points, they can play downhill. They can draw fouls, get to the free throw line. Typically, unless the game is on the line, everyone's a good free throw shooter. And I, last night, they were very good free throw shooters. I'm still salty about the Iowa game on Saturday. Chucky Hepburn getting two cracks after a technical and missing them both. And then the game goes to overtime and they lose by a pair. So I'm still frustrated. And I know last night they 
crunch time free throws, they were very, very good. But this team, if they get a 12, 15-point lead, they can play downhill, get to the free throw line, play very patient offense, slow down, rotate, get post touches, force the defense in uncomfortable positions, and then they can play downhill on defense as well akin to the way an NFL team, you know, pass rushers pin their ears back, get after the quarterback. Max Klesmit, Chucky Hepburn can play really aggressive uh, uh, hand in passing lanes, going for strips, right? You can kind of go for broke on defense a little bit more, and Chucky Hepburn, Max Klesmit, very, very good at that. I want to see them get back to that game script where they can turn a five-point lead into a 10-point lead, a 10-point lead into a 15-point lead, and then just calm downhill. Last night, they had an opportunity, and then it gets tight at the end, and, you know, just luckily... The free throw gods were with them, and they actually made their foul shots last night. I'm glad to hear there's a lot of excitement about the Brewers at work with your friends at Quick Trip, Hector. Uh, I think there should be plenty of reasons to be excited about the Brewers. And I, we talked about this on Bill's show earlier today. I don't get the idea that a lot of folks have that this team is going to take a massive step back this year. I don't, I don't see it. Neither does Mark Atanasio, neither does Christian Yelich. Let's have that conversation. And the figures are out for the Brandon Woodruff signing. We have some... Some some figures to go over for first year, second year team option. Also, the Gary Sanchez deal is complete. What a day to be a Brewers fan. We'll talk about it all next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening. You can tweet along with the show. Hit me up at Wisco Grant. If you want to be a part of things, you can also call as Hector and Alaska did, as Clemhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls did. 608-321-1670. I love I love that, right? I opened the show, talked about Badgers basketball for 15 minutes. I was like, hey, if you want to talk about the game, take your calls next. We'll get into the Brewers before too long. And then Clemhead Mike calls, and I'm like, well, I know Clemhead Mike doesn't have Peacock, so I know he wasn't watching the game last night. And then Hector Non Alaska calls in to tell me about his TV watching, his egg bake that's going in the oven. Uh, and oh, yeah, I also didn't watch the Badger game, but they were talking about it at work. So that's just a microcosm of, of how calls on sports talk radio work sometimes. And I love it. I do. If, if nobody has anything to add, I look, I know I did a good job recapping the game and we can get back into Badgers basketball maybe later on in the show, too. If, if you want to call in and, and you have something to say about it, I'll take you anytime. We're not we're not sticking to any strict schedule here tonight. We do have two official Brewers developments today. OK, number one, about an hour or two ago. It actually might have been longer. I, I could be wrong. I read the Ken Rosenthal story at like 3.20 or 3.30. I don't know when it was official. I have tweet notifications turned on for Ken Rosenthal. He updated his Gary Sanchez story at about 3.30. That's when I read it. That's going to be a $7 million deal. Not that entirely different. It was a physical issue, which is what I was hearing. It was the wrist. They just wanted to make sure some things were squared away. And this happens sometimes when free agents are signed, right? You you kind of agree to lose terms. You're like, all right, we'll bring you in. We'll get a physical. We'll, you know, get, we'll work the paperwork up, right? Like you're buying a car at a dealership. Like, all right, let's go inside. We'll work up the paperwork. Except when you buy a car, you don't also have to take a physical. And there was some issue with his wrist. It just took a little time to work through. But he is a brewer nonetheless. So William Contreras is catcher one. Gary Sanchez is catcher number two. Not bad. And they still have that number, the number three catcher, Eric, ha- is it Hesse or Hasse? 
I can't remember off the top of my head, but that'll be a nice third option, especially for when Contreras might be DHing. Or if Gary Sanchez is hot, who knows? Maybe Gary Sanchez takes some reps and gets some at bats as a DH as well. That third catcher gives him a little more flexibility to to ride one of the catcher's bats as a DH or as, even as a pinch hitting option, you know, if if they're playing well and and that's the option that the Brewers want to use at any point uh, during these games. The other development is now we have the information for Brandon Woodruff. It's been made official. I see it on the AP. I don't know if a baseball person reported it first, but Brandon Woodruff's deal is for $17.5 million guaranteed, and it's heavily backloaded. So this is the breakdown. The Brewers are going to pay Brandon Woodruff $2.5 million to rehab this year. They're going to pay him $5 million in 2025, and then in 2026, there's a mutual option for $20 million or a $10 million buyout. So I'm going to repeat that. This year, really rehabs, he gets $2.5 million. That's not up for debate. In 2025, he gets $5 million. Whether he returns to form, whether he's struggling to stay healthy, whether those two years are nailed. Those are written in stone, okay? And then in 2026, there's a $20 million mutual option. So if both both sides are like, yeah, let's keep doing this, it's going to be $20 million for that one year. I'm, I can't envision a world in which Brandon Woodruff would opt out of that. Brandon Woodruff would have to be pitching some outstanding baseball to want to opt out of $20 million. He would have to be pitching unbelievable baseball. Like, he is pitching so well that there are teams all around baseball waiting on a phone call from his representation to sign him to a long-term huge money deal. To opt out of 20 million in 2026, I cannot envision a world in which Brandon Woodruff opts out of that mutual option. Now, if he doesn't return to form, the Brewers could say, mm, "We don't want to pay you 20 million to pitch for us this year," but then they're still on the hook to pay him 10 million dollars. If they decline that option, it's a 10 million dollar buyout. Now, I think this is a great deal. I 10 out of 10, love it. I, maybe in a couple minutes, I'll read you some comments from Brandon Woodruff that he made this afternoon. I love this deal. I love Brandon Woodruff. I love that the Brewers love Brandon Woodruff. I love that Brandon Woodruff wanted to be back. I, a lot of love, okay, in this contract and this decision from both sides. However, I got a lot of comments earlier this week, and I think this was first announced on Monday, between the time I spent doing Bill's show and then the time that I spent doing this show from four to six, had callers mentioned, well, it's a low risk, high reward move. Uh, oh, we didn't, we didn't know. I'm like, well, I want to see the figures first. I would not classify this as a low risk, high reward move because if Brandon Woodruff never gets back to form, I mean, with injuries like this, there, there's a reasonable world in which he just never pitches at a major league level again. And if that's the case, the Brewers are going to end up paying him $17.5 million guaranteed, or just I shouldn't say guaranteed. The Brewers will pay him $17.5 million over the next three years. That's not insignificant. So I am thrilled, again, that Brandon Woodruff is back. I'm thrilled that he wants to be back. I'm thrilled. Yes, I wrap my arms around all of this, but let's make sure we talk about this properly. If Brandon Woodruff never pitches again or never pitches at a high level ever again, this isn't going to be a great contract. I, I would not classify this as a low-risk, high-reward. This is a nice investment that the Brewers have made. And that's okay, because if there's one player that I would make this investment in, it's Brandon Woodruff. And honestly, the fact that they're willing to guarantee $17.5 million over the next three years to Brandon Woodruff, who is embarking on, on recovering from a major shoulder surgery, this gives me even more confidence that if Brandon Woodruff never got hurt, 
I think they maybe would have fought to extend him. We'll never be able to prove that. I know there are other Brewers fans that feel similarly. A Corbin Burns extension was never on the table. He was always going to go chase $200 million. That's what he's going to do after this year with the Orioles. Scott Boris is going to represent him, which means he probably won't sign his contract next offseason and pitch for the first time until like the 4th of July because that's apparently how Scott Boris is going to play this with all of his big money free agents. That was never in the cards. Uh, A Corbin Burns extension, no matter how many Brewers fans were frustrated with Mark Atanasio and complaining about the Brew. Why don't you extend Corbin Burns? Don't you want to win? It was never going to happen, and it probably would have been a dumb deal and a bad contract for the Brewers to sign anyways. A Woodruff deal I thought was in the cards, and the fact that the Brewers are willing to pay him $17.5 million guaranteed for three years when we don't even know if he'll ever pitch at a high level again tells me that, I yeah, I think if Woody never got hurt, they might have extended him. I think so. That makes me feel better about that theory. Obviously, we'll never know. We'll never know. But but that was my feeling. My feeling is strengthened by these numbers and what we've learned today. 608-321-1670. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, it's Q. Hey, Q. What's going on? Q in Milwaukee, I our really, friend on the, the east side of the state. I really like that Woody deal. Like, I, I think you got to think of it as like, a ten-year or a ten million dollar option for him to pitch because we were already locking in to pay him seventeen and a half over three years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really like we have to pay him that other ten. So if he's worth ten million in that year, we would do it. Um, so I, I like it, and it seems like he'll be a good clubhouse guy. Well, that's what he said today. Some of his comments where he's like, I can't wait to be around the team this year. There's no place I'd rather do my rehab. I'm going to be a hell of a cheerleader. I want to work with these pitchers. So that it's almost like they get another coach around this year. And if I'm Brandon Woodruff, he's dealing with some dark stuff in a, in a sports context, right? Q, like he's dealing with the possibility that he's never going to return to form. He's never going to have the career, or maybe make the money that once upon a time he thought. So he's got to spend this year rehabbing. But now he gets to do it around the team that he's always known and the city that he's already, and he loves it here. It makes sense from a Brandon Woodruff perspective, too. Yeah, I agree, Grant. It's, I mean, and Pat Murphy, that locker room speech seems awesome. Um, yeah. I just, I'm actually excited for the Bruce for the first time. It's kind of like turning a new page with Jordan Love last year with the Packers. It's like a breath of fresh air. It doesn't feel like Groundhog Day all over again with Craig Council. Uh, coming back just to have us lose in the playoffs. So this is, I'm, I'm excited. This is Woody's comment. I don't know if you saw this. He said, I thought about this on the plane ride back from the physical. The way things shook out for me, it made me realize that I wasn't supposed to go out the way, or this wasn't the way I was supposed to go out. I've got a lot of unfinished business in a Brewer's uniform. I'm just excited that he's going to be around. Even if he never pitches at a high level ever again, it's not my money. It is a lot of money if he never pitches at a high level or never pitches again. But I'm just happy that he's going to be around, and I'm happy that he's happy that he's going to be around. For sure. It's awesome. The other reason I called, Hit I me. really liked your your national guy, Buck's interview, which was very positive. Kurt Heelan, he your- was great, wasn't he? He was awesome. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, it echoed one of your great Friday callers on the Bucks. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I just feel like it feels like spring here in Milwaukee. It's like almost 60 degrees, and... I'm very optimistic about all of our sports team, and I just wanted to call in and say. Oh, I think I lost you. You said I just called in to say, and then what did you say? What did, what, what did you call in to say? I said I called in to say it feels like spring here in Milwaukee, Ooh. and I'm very optimistic because it's 60 degrees. 
And I think all our teams are, are doing going to do great this year. I think it's all the spring training talk. It's warming us up, Q. I can feel it. Absolutely. So, <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll let, let you go. go. Yeah, no, 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 you jinx. I owe you a Coke. Thanks, Q. Q and Milwaukee. Sounds like he's out for a walk, which is what I would be doing tonight. If I was not here hosting the show, I would be out for a walk around the neighborhood listening to some other sports talk show. I don't know which one. Ben Kenny just tweeted this. I want to read this before we, t- before we take a break. Old friend Ben Kenny just tweeted that AJ store dunk from last night is better with the highlight muted, which is quite an indictment on the broadcast. Romo at the end of the Super Bowl-esque. Was Jack Collinsworth that bad on Peacock last night? I saw tweets. Let's be, okay. Before you answer that, before you call in or you tweet me and say, yes, he was that bad. We're adults, okay? We pay taxes, We have health insurance. We do not get wildly bent out of shape over announcers unless they're really bad. Can we all can we all agree? Can we all understand that? We are adults. Announcers really don't have that much impact on your life. They should not really ruin your sports watching experience. If you mostly ignore them, they mostly don't matter. Do we all agree there? I think that's a reasonable way to approach announcers. That's how I try to approach it. An announcer really has to be bad, be bad for me to get upset about it. Keeping that in mind, was Jack Collinsworth really that bad? Come on. Come on. I, I He was just a couple rows down in front of us. I kind of wish I would have watched a little bit of the game. I should go back and watch the highlights because I, I kind of actually want to hear what a Jack Collinsworth called basketball game sounds like. Was he really that bad? Come on. Think long and hard before you tweet me or call in with an answer to that. We're adults, okay? We should not get that bent out of shape about announcers unless they're really bad. Let's take a three-minute break. Wisco Sports Show will wrap up our number one next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, I want to talk about some spring training storylines, not just with the Brewers in the Cactus League, but league-wide. Cactus League, Grapefruit League, ew, stinky. We're not a Grapefruit League show. So we'll talk about that hour number two. More Badgers basketball stuff as well. This story today is hilarious. There's a story from NBCSports.com from Derek Gunn, who covers the Phillies. Yeah, he covers the Phillies. Uh, uh, Eagles. Sorry, I got baseball in the brain. This is the headline for Pro Football Talk from Florida. This is the funniest thing you'll hear all day. The banishment of Big Dom from the sidelines hurt the Eagles down the stretch because he controls Nick Sirianni's emotions during games. Without Dom, Sirianni got in numerous arguments with players and coaches. <laughs> Wait, so the hold me back guy needs his own hold me back guy? That's that's not how that's supposed to work. That's not... That's not... The, the guy who's supposed to be in charge of the coach's emotions touched the player and got thrown out. That seems whatever. That's a hilarious headline. 608-321-1670. He'll sneak a call in here before five o'clock before we take our break. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Ed McGuanagoe. Ed and McGuanagoe. What's up, Ed? Uh, not much. I was going to rant a little bit about how the batters can't play perimeter defense in the last minute of that game. And that's the only reason Maryland stayed in it by hitting three threes in the last minute. But after hearing the Brewers news, I'd rather talk about that quick. Yeah, let's do um, it. I, I think that's great, man. Like, I lo- I'm with you. I love Brandon Woodruff. And, yeah, I already liked him. But then, you know, after they, he got hurt, it sucked. And seeing him at that press conference, you know, I think anybody that was a fan 
was choking up along with him, you know, and he was talking about that. That was really, you know, heartfelt and genuine, I felt, from him. But, no, this this could be, it could be a low-risk, high-reward. I'm not saying that it is. I agree with you. But he could come back and pitch really well. He, he also could not, um, a.k.a. Jimmy Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> sliding into second base and blowing his shoulder. I was optimistic he'd make a recovery and come back. He never did, you know, so that that could be the outcome. Um, but, no, I, I'm hopeful. I, he had the surgery in October, right? Yeah, he had it basically right at the end of the season. And I don't remember. Maybe it was, maybe it was like, really early November. But, yeah, it was it was last year. He's been recovering and been working on it already. He's he's throwing, I think, Tim Dillard told us yesterday, at some capacity. It's probably very light. But, yeah, he's he's well along in his rehab process already. That, that's what I was just going to say. Like, he had the surgery in October, and he's throwing. Of course, he's not, like, lighting it up or anything, but that's pretty encouraging news. So, you never know. Um, but I'm happy for him, and I think, yeah, it, it could work out really well in our favor, and, and I, I hope the best for him, too. It, that's pretty exciting. I think, like I told Q, this has been a really jarring year for him and, and derailed his career from getting to a place where, like, I'm going to go get a big contract or I'm going to get my next big deal in Milwaukee, and all of a sudden he's questioning whether he's, you know, going to pitch at a high level again or not. And to be able to work through that and rehab through that in Milwaukee, I think is so great for Brandon Woodruff because he obviously wants to be here, right? Like if he didn't want to be here, he could have gone anywhere. He obviously has a lot of love for Milwaukee and I'm, I'm glad that he's going through this at home in his baseball game. Right. And that he doesn't have to worry and have that mental, uh, you know, worry on his mind with all this going on. It kind of gives him the chance to just focus on what he needs to focus on, which is rehab and not worried about all that other extra, extra stuff. And he can be part of the team, the team that he's been a part of the last couple of years with his teammates and, and help bring them along as well. Ed, I got to run because I got to get to a break. Nice to hear from you, friend. Thanks for the call. Later. Ed in McGuanago. Yeah, co-sign on all that, Ed. I, I just, I don't like the low risk, high reward because there, there's, I mean, there's 17 and, and change. There's 17 million bucks of risk. If it doesn't work out, it's, it's not like the Brewers are going to go bankrupt, but $17 million is not chump change. That's solid money for the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's take a two-minute break, get an update from Zach. Hour 2 Wisco Sports Show next. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Giannis, to your team, this trophy is yours. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, I mentioned Ben Kenny's Jack Collinsworth comment. He's the announcer who did the game on Peacock last night. I'm almost a little bummed that I ended up going to the game last night because I have Peacock. I'm a Peacock truther. This is someone who watches a lot of college basketball. There was a Brewers game on Peacock earlier this year. They got some baseball. I'm not a WWE person, but I recognize the value that Peacock brings to the, to the wrestling community, the WWE community. I, I recognize it. I think Peacock's a good investment. Uh, now, if you can afford every single streaming service and it doesn't really matter to you, then, you know, get what you want, watch what you want. But if you got to pick between two or three, I think I'd go Peacock, HBO Max. God, I hate that it's just called Max now. That's so lame. And honestly, I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of back in on Hulu right now. Being without Netflix is a real, it's a real jarring state. Because Netflix, Netflix was the first streaming service we always had. It, it, it was very rare where people were like, I'm going to drop Netflix to get something else. It was always, I have Netflix. I'm also going to get this. But I think if I if I had to do three, I would do Peacock for the live sports value. And there's good programming on Peacock too. Like I like House. I like Monk. Um, all the Yellowstone stuff is on there. Suits is on there too, which then you don't need to watch. Then you don't need Netflix. If Suits is a big thing, then you don't need Netflix. I would get HBO because I love Curb, Succession, like all the, I mean, HBO is just a really good, there's just so much good stuff on HBO. And then I think Hulu because I'm starting to watch a little bit, not too much, but a little bit of garbage reality TV. Again, I, I talked to Tony and Tex a couple weeks ago, like I, like I, I dip my toe in the Vanderpump Rules water. It's very entertaining, especially a week like this where there's not really much sports stuff on. Also, Always Sunny is on Hulu. And I mentioned this, I think, late last week or maybe it was Monday. Like, I'm a big what we do in the shadows guy. Like, that show rips. I think I'd go Peacock, Hulu, HBO, which leaves Netflix out to dry. I mean, Paramount, Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime, like, I don't even... I, I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't know those feel those feel different yeah I'd, I'd go Peacock HBO Hulu if you want to switch out Hulu for Netflix it's it's whatever I, I don't think there's a bad third option it's all preference but I I, I said that Benny was uh, Ben Ben Kenny was talking trash about Jack Collinsworth in the Peacock broadcast his Eagles this is the funniest sports story of the day remember when Big Dom Dom DeSandro or whatever his name is got thrown out against the Niners because he touched Dre Greenlaw which by the way Dre Greenlaw I'm not going to feel bad for Dre Greenlaw about anything. Uh, and I know this might sound heartless, not even him getting hurt in the Super Bowl. Like that's, that's a major league bummer, but I think Dre Greenlaw instigates as much as anyone. And he head hunts. He's always hitting guys in the head always. So like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel bad that Dom DeSandro, big Dom, like touched Dre Greenlaw barely on the sideline. But it's ridiculous. This headline, this is from Pro Football Talk. The banishment of Big Dom from the sidelines hurt the Eagles down the stretch because he controls Nick Sirianni's emotions during games. (laughs) Without Dom, Sirianni got in numerous arguments with players and coaches. The holdback guy is not the guy that's supposed to get thrown out and banned from the sidelines. Like the holdback guy should not need his own holdback guy. What a ridiculous headline. God, that kicks so much ass. I love sports. Hey, you can hit me up on Twitter during the show if you'd like, at Wisco Grant. You can give me a call, 608-321-1670. Big win for the Badgers last night. We can debate style points. We can debate, you know, details of this or that. Hugh J.J. Stordunk, John Blackwell stock to the moon, to the moon. And honestly, tip your cap to Greg Gard, even if you fall on the fire guard sign of the, the fire guard if you fall on the fire guard side of the Greg guard gauge, jeez, you can recognize that Greg guard, like didn't play Carter Gilmore last night. Props for that. I know that's obvious. Probably should have happened before, but he did it. And he sat down AJ store in crunch time in favor of a true freshman. Cause John Blackwell was playing better. AJ store was taking mad shots, making too many mistakes. So I give Greg guard a lot of credit for last night. 608-321-1670. Wisco sports show. Who's this? Hey, it's Darnell. Hey Darnell, you were tweeting me about Stephen Crowell. Help me, help me, kind of, kind of wrap my arms around the defense that that the Badgers have really struggled with because their backcourt is outstanding. You couldn't do much better than Chucky Hepburn and and Max Klesmith defensively, but that, that hasn't been enough. Like they still can't get stops when they need it. 
Well, you you can't do much better on their backcourt, but their their front court defense has been and continues to be terrible. Um, you you'd think that Tyler Wall, with as quick as his feet are, like on the offensive post, he'd be able to stay in front of people. He can't. Stephen Crowell is like the slowest moving legs big guy that I've ever seen. Like it's insane. He cannot get in front of people, and then. They tried to use Carter Gilmore to guard the post several <laughs> times this year, and that was an absolute mistake. Well, you just go so. out there and foul. You know what I mean? But even that proved, I think, at times to be a little bit too much. Just go eat four minutes and commit a couple fouls if you need to, but that was even too much for the guy. Well, and, yeah, because he'd have six turnovers in five minutes, and you're like, go go find a go, – go sit in the stands. You know, don't even sit on the bench. Sit in the stands. <laughs> He's an important cultural member of the team and a vocal he, leader, Darnell. He can at least get a spot on the bench. Not. He is just not, though. Like, he you, is. You don't actually believe that. Though, I do right? believe it. I have eyeballs that I use to watch the game, and my eyeballs are connected to my brain, which I use to draw conclusions. He is a vocal part of this team, whether fans like that or not. Doesn't mean he needs to play, but that is that is the truth. That is reality. Okay. I, 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 think that, I still think he'd be suited better sitting with the male cheerleaders, but... Um, that's fair. What I was actually calling, what I was actually calling in to say was, uh, you you mentioned HBO Max going to Max. Yeah, and that's one of my pet peeves of American culture right now is minimalism. Mm. It's awful and it's destroying everything. Tell me more. I, I haven't thought about this. Uh, now walk me down this road. I'm you actually have me very interested here. It's just like, I guess, like looking rich these days or being rich or like the rich culture is having stuff look so basic that it looks like it belongs to poor people. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 Weirdly. I kind of do. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. Like, Oh yeah. Like, like a modern, modern looking living room is like one super ugly couch and nothing else in the room and they're like look at my beautiful living room I'm like, what are you talking about that's my dream living room is one recliner and a tiny little table and a tv on a stand and nothing else like that week where you first move into your apartment and you don't have a chance to unpack anything oh my god that's my dream but you're right the the venn diagram no. between the poorest of the poor or in my case really lazy and rich people there is an intersection in the middle you're right and that intersection is just super expensive stuff it's like I'm. am t- telling you, it is like these leather couches that if you sat on them, they're like it's like sitting on a rock. You know. Interesting. Like, do you do a lot of sitting on rich people couches? W- yeah. Whenever I go to my parents' house, nice. You know, I go, <laughs> nice. I go sit on sit on their couch that's ugly as sin, and it's super. I don't know. Not my cup of tea. Like, give me the patterned grandma couches from the oh 90s. Oh my God, they're so comfortable. I So exactly. I went to Goodwill this weekend with my family and like we were just talking about thrift store stuff because my sister took way longer to buy stuff and I'm standing there with my dad. I found two polo shirts. Took me 15 minutes. I was done shopping. We're waiting for my sister. And I was telling him like, dude, the Habitat Restore in Monona, if you've never been to the Habitat Restore, and there's one in Alaska too, you can furnish an entire house with good stuff at a Habitat Restore and it's comfortable. I can't even imagine how much money I would need to make 
to buy new furniture. When you can go to a place like the Habitat Restore, get something, yeah, it's a little worn, but it's comfy and it's reasonably priced. New Furniture Man, what a racket. We, we've realized that with new cars, that that's a racket. We have yet to get there as a society with furniture. Say the couch in my basement is like faux leather, and obviously, like there's been dogs and cats and stuff on it. We got it from Goodwill for thirty bucks, and it is the best piece of furniture that I own. Interesting, hands down. So I agree with this take. I disagree a little bit with the application because what did they change it from? They changed it from HBO to Max. So they didn't even no, add a letter. It's still three letters. I actually, I, I thought the dark black and the purple, the old vibe of HBO, was way sleeker. I miss it personally. I mean, I'll tell you why you miss it. You want to know why? Because I felt rich when I used it. That's why I liked it. No, you miss it because back when it was HBO Max, you got to watch Game of Thrones on it. Now you have to watch whatever the hell's on it. That's boring. Yeah, there's other stuff. I don't know. And now there's ads. Like now, these streaming services never have to, you never had ads. Now they have a lot of, whatever. We've ranted about this for too long, so I'm going to move on. Thank you for your Badger basketball takes. You had two very excellent calls this week, Darnell. So when you pick up the phone to call next time, realize that you need to keep bringing this. You're on a heater. Wonderful. Thanks, Grant. Darnell the chump. I saved the audio from Darnell's last call. If you missed this, it was President's Day on Monday, and he was making a point about Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, this is, I'm just going to play this with it. Well, I guess I just provided some context. So now this is not completely without context, but this is what Darnell said. Teddy Roosevelt is known as the president or the nominee of the progressive party. That's what he's known as, but he really cooked <laughs> as a Republican. Like that's, we, we had a good week for callers. Darnell's kind of hot right now. Ridge runner Mark. I said yesterday, Ridge runner Mark has become a really slept on underrated caller. Great content every time. 608-321-1670. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Tony from Texas. Hey, Tony. And that was some good work by, by Darnell. Hey, I'm going to play a little, just, you know, let me flow here. I'm just going to do a little thing. Speaking yeah, of things. Cook. Yeah. You know, Bill got hurt. Was he running through a wall for uh, Pat Murphy? Possibly. Yes. Yeah, so, well, speaking of the Brewers, Brandon Woodruff is, uh, he's injured, right? Got a rehab. Mm-hmm. You know what? But if he, if Paul Molitor can rehab on cocaine in 1980, <laughs> Brandon Woodruff can do this, right? Yeah. Speaking of cocaine, I think of the unfortunate death of Len Bias. You know, he he was a Maryland Turpin. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Maryland Turpin, the, the Badgers just beat up a team that didn't exactly have Joe Smith on it. So congratulations. No one cares. Speaking of what no <sighs> one cares about, the All-Star Game in Milwaukee, Grant. Yeah. No one gives a damn about that. I didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but no one gives a damn. And, and things that no one gives a damn besides you and I is Vanderpump rules. You and I, you and I care about those stupid relationships and who cheated on who. And, and speaking of relationships and troubled times, I, I got some I got some to Oh, well, you cut out for a sec. Rewind. Speaking of relationships oh, yeah. and troubled times, what did you say back up? You cut out. Well, I just, you know, you got relationships. You don't know which way to go. You got directions to go. So I don't know which way to go. I mean, got a fork in the road, got a blonde, got a brunette, could use some help. Oh, oh you're so, speaking anyway, to, I, I thought you were going to launch into us, but you're speaking personally to your relationships and you are quite oh, literally. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It, it's a good problem to have. It's like, who do you draft? You know, you draft <laughs> Team Olajuwon, Michael Jordan. I don't know. I, I'd probably go Jordan, but. TJ you know. Watt or Kevin King. I mean, you can't, it's a Sophie's choice. It's all hindsight, right? It's yeah. all hindsight. Anyway, topics are on the table. I just threw it out there. React. Um, so the NBA thing, I, I did not mention, and I got to pull up the information. Um, 
the NBA made an all an all star announcement today. They're tightening the restrictions for which markets can host an all star game. And I can pull this up here really quickly. So they upped the number of hotel rooms and the minimum of five star hotels necessary. They upped the convention spinner space and they upped the domestic and international flight threshold. It's just really weird to me. Um, I think you should be able to hold an all-star game in any NBA market. Is that is that ridiculous? If you're big enough to hold an NBA team and have an NBA arena, you're big enough to, ha- to hold the all-star game. Is that wrong? Is that completely nuts for me to think? I think every team should be on the board for an all-star game. I agree with you. I think it's completely BS. I don't really care, but... This is Adam uh, Adam Sandler. I wish Adam Sandler was the NBA commissioner. This is Adam Silver, just totally screwing over the, the not only the Bucks fans but the Bucks owners. They're getting hosed too on this, and the city of Milwaukee. So the Republicans and the Democrats can host conventions in Milwaukee, but the NBA can't. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't. How, how it doesn't make. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. And also, it's not the Super Bowl. Where does the NBA get off doing this? And also, that was widely regarded as an awful all-star game. And the dunk contest was regarded as awful. And I know it's about sponsorship parties and it's about all like there's much more than what we see on TV. But I, I, I believe if you're big enough to hold an, if you're big enough to be an NBA market, you are big enough as a city to at least figure out a way to host an all-star game. And to come out as a league, especially after a game that poor, when vibes are this low around the league and say, actually, we're going to make it harder for some of these markets hosts in All-Star Game, I think that's, I, I think that's it really poor form, Tony, in Texas. I agree. I went to the All-Star Game 10, 12 years ago in Dallas. It was an interesting crowd. I will say it, it's not like a Super Bowl type of crowd, but it is not your normal NBA type of crowd. And if anyone wants to see the coolest All-Star logo ever in NBA history, Go Google the 1970, I think 77, don't hold me to this, 77 All-Star game in Milwaukee, the coolest NBA All-Star logo ever. Looking at it right now. Oh, wait, look at this artwork. Oh, and then it's a mug of beer. Am I looking at the right one? Yes, sir. That's really cool. Yeah, everybody should go look that up if you're able. That's pretty cool. You're not wrong. And, and Tony, I'm backpedaling a little bit. Normally, I defend my generation, and I tell older folks, it's like, it wasn't really as good as you think it was back then. But I went back the other day, and I rewatched a lot of the 93 All-Star game, and it, it was a lot better. Those guys were bought in. Well, well, speaking of good guys, Grant, you're the best. So, anyway. Oh, no, 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 you. No, you, Tony. Appreciate the call, friend. You gave us a lot to work with here. I appreciate it. All right, can't wait for my own segment next week. I'll talk to you soon. This was your, this was your own segment, Tony in Texas. Um, yeah, the NBA All Star Game. So really quickly, I want to get back to the phones. If you're on hold, there's two of you. I'll get to you both here before our next break. I promise. But the NBA's announcement today, and this was tweeted out by Joe Musato. Oklahoman sports OKC dream team contributor. So this was obviously pertinent to Oklahoma city. They want to host an all-star game. Milwaukee's trying to host an all-star game. You need 7,250 hotel rooms and a minimum of three, five-star hotels convention center of 65, uh, 650,000 square feet of exhibition space. I don't even know. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, 75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights, man. Again, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I maybe I, I don't have a, a degree from UW Stout in event planning. Maybe I don't understand what it takes to pull together an all-star weekend. But again, I feel like if you are big enough as a city to host an NBA team and have an NBA arena and be viable, you're big enough to find out a way 
to host an all-star break. And this is why the NFL is so great. NFL people and the NFL directly will give a draft to Kansas City. We'll give a draft to Green Bay and they'll figure out a way to make it work and it will be viewed as a celebration of that market and that city, assuming it's not a catastrophe and I don't think the draft in Green Bay will be. Come on. Everyone who covers the draft and everyone around there will find a way to make it a celebration. There might be a couple whiny people, but by and large, NBA people are like, well, it's not as good as this city. Well, I wish we would have it here. And in the NFL, and, and this is an attitude around people who cover the league, I, I just think they're they're much more optimistic in the way they view things what a cool celebration to kansas city what a cool celebration to green bay what a cool way to highlight a market that doesn't get a lot of shine with with super bowls or with big events because it's a smaller town but you can figure out a way to make it work for a couple days for the for the nfl draft the nba just is is so good at getting in its own way sometimes you didn't need to do this especially a couple days removed from an all-star game that is widely believed among fans and media members to be really, really bad. I don't get it. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Denny from Holman. Denny from Holman. Denny, what did you make? You're going to cut right through the BS of last night's game. What, what did you see last night when you were watching the Badgers? Okay, here's what I saw. It's the same tradition of their bad, poor three-point defense. And that even goes back when Bo Ryan was here, that the defense and you know was not that great on the threes. Um, and we let Maryland score nine points in the final 38 seconds. Right. Three straight threes. What the hell is wrong with us? They needed, they, again, know? Denny, I'll say this again, needed one stop at any point in yeah. the final minute, and the yeah. game is effectively yeah. over. And they couldn't get one. It is. Right, right. And we had stupid turnovers, sloppy ball handling, and the only good thing is we shot 28 to 31 for our free throws. Yeah, and Tyler had 18 points. He was six from nine from the floor. Wall was great. Six or seven, yeah, from the free throw line. He really came out and balled last night. And Klesmet did good too. I thought, you know, yeah. um, it's it's a game. Yesterday when I heard Ebo and you talking, and Ebo was saying all the reasons why you know we should just really beat them bad, and it's like, but that's the Badgers. It's a perfect trap game, you know. Yeah. Kind of like when the Packers play a team, they always say, well, they only play up to the strengths of the opponent, you know? And it's like, I just, you know, I thought 74 to 70 was a bad display. I really did. Plus it was on Peacock. You know, I have Peacocks. So I got to watch it, but there was a lot of disgruntled listeners about it too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm lowering my ceiling for this team. You know what yep, I mean? And, me and I, and, and I, I don't, I don't know. It's yep. a bummer. And I don't want to be like, a win is, is a win. But for the state that this team is currently in, in the last couple of weeks, like a win is a win. I'll take it last night, especially how close it got down the wire. I will. I will take it. But I also want to see some continuation with the free throws, not just shoot, you know, the lights out last night and then, you know, when we play Indiana, shoot, you know, 10 of oh, 20. Cons- consistency. You mean. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. It seemed like we could go, go at him anytime we wanted with uh, Tyler making his reverse layups. He was awesome. He, he was awesome. And you know what's crazy? I'm looking at the box score right now. I actually thought, and I was there at the game, so it's a little bit of a different perspective. Because normally, like, I don't, I don't go to a ton of games. 
Um, basketball, football, I just, I like watching sports at home because I can have my Twitter right. open and I can, you know, that dumb stuff. I'm, that's my generation. Um, but I didn't think AJ Store shot that much last night. In the second half, I'm like, can we get AJ Store some touch? Like, if, it seemed like he was a non factor. And I'm looking at the box score. He shot 13 times. He shot four more free throw or field goal attempts than any other player on the team. How was that thunderous dunk he had? Oh, that was Man, that, that was that was pretty sweet. And I and I even I'd had a couple. I had a, a couple. Denny, it was a school night, so I wasn't completely in the bag. But you know, I had a beer, a little bit of a pregame, and I was kind of feeling at that dunk. And I'm yelling, and and there were a, a couple older uh, ladies in front of me, and one gave me kind of a not a mean look, but you know, acknowledged that I was yelling. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to yell into your ear. So I calmed myself down. Right. I, I represented well. I didn't make a fool of myself. Wow, that. I tell you, you know, and uh, I thought the fans were in it last night too. I thought they were. Yeah, let's... it took a little bit to it took a little bit to get going though, because you have to admit it was back and forth, back and forth the first half. Oh yeah, and then they get a then they get an eight point lead, and then what that what happens? They come out and mm-hmm. they they do two or three turnovers again. Well, they put yeah. Nolan Winter, Marcus Silver, and Connor Asijin in the game. That's what happened. I mean, that's yeah. Every right. time they would get up, which is why they. They rolled their starters a lot harder in the second half. I got to go, Denny, because I got to get to one more call. I'm late. Anything else you want to sneak in before I, I cut you off and let you go? Um, No. I, you did a great job replacing Bill, and Bill had a great show today. He did. Oh. He bounced back out of concussion protocol. Thank you, Denny. Get out of here, you scoundrel. Uh, go get on with your night. I appreciate your takes. I knew we'd get some good Badger takes from Denny today. Okay, one more call, then we'll take our break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, that is two tough calls to follow right there. That was great. That was really good stuff from Denny. And Tony, what a roadmap from take to take. There were transitions. I I tip my cap to the work that Tony in Texas did today. Absolutely. And I agree with him, like with logos in general for Super Bowls, all-star games, like they suck now. They have lost all creativity. I mean, art in general, you used to have Woodstock. You used to have the, you know, the 60s and the 70s and the hippies. And now you just get no creativity anywhere in this world. And I think that's demonstrated truly through our logos for big games. Yeah, the Super Bowl got so septic. You know, it got so clean. Darnell is right. Everything looks, it needs to look clean and sleek and smooth. The Super Bowl, go back and look at the 90s, man. It was colorful and it was popping and it matched the, the market in New Orleans when the Packers were there. Yeah. Maybe things were better back in the day, Cone. I think we need another Woodstock for this generation. <sighs> I don't know what that would look like. Who would even headline a Woodstock if we were? But to you know what? Down? Tickets tickets would be eight hundred bucks. That's true. You'd have to sit through some stupid ticket app to get on. Like it's just not even worth going to concerts these days. Only it's, the it's, rich it's, influencers would go to post on their socials, and then you'd have to right. worry about someone sneaking a gun in. Nobody was bringing guns into Woodstock. You didn't have to worry about that back in the day. Yeah, so I'm envious of you know I'm sure some of your uh, audience was at Woodstock around Woodstock. So I think Clem you know, Head Mike was probably there, don't you think? Oh yeah, he's probably one of those guys with the shirt off, sitting in on protests and <laughs> all that. Love it. Yes. love Clem Head. Oh um, my god. But agree with Danny on Peacock. Like I'm usually not one to complain about these streaming apps, but to have Jack Collinsworth do a college basketball game, especially in Madison, is embarrassing. Was he bad? He was what was so- it like? He was he was horrible. Uh, I I saw Benny Ben Kenny compare him to Tony Romo during the Super Bowl. I think that is a very apt comparison. Yeah, so I didn't like obviously I I should go back and watch the highlights tonight just to to see how it is. It is a little I like I think for example, I think Noah Eagle is very good. But when I watch him do a game, it's really hard for me to 
get it out of my head that he was 21 years old being the Clippers play-by-play guy because of his dad. You know what I mean? Like, even when they're good, and I think Jack Collinsworth is pretty good on Football Night in America, but it's it's a little stinky with the nepotism. That's all. It's hard for me to get over. Yeah, he's good on Football in America because he gets, what, 10 minutes to talk maybe? Yeah, like, split. He gets 10 minutes doing- combined of screen time split up over the course of an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, on basketball, you hear him all the time. He was getting on my nerves. But thought it was, I mean, you know, not the perfect, prettiest game, but a win is a win, and this team needed a win. I agree. I think our ceiling should be lowered for what we expect from this team. And, honestly, I think John Blackwell has NBA written all over him. Not this year, but he's an NBA player. Dude, stock is so much up. Today really is the John Blackwell show. Like, it's the beginning of John Blackwell season, and it'll be interesting to see how his role evolves i I mean who's to say his role wouldn't look bigger and the team wouldn't look better if he hadn't missed time and got hurt i don't know i I don't want to go back and relitigate all these losses and say well it would have been fine if john blackwell was there because i think this team has plenty issues other than the health of john blackwell but man he's great yeah i'd say their biggest issue has been turnovers i mean to open the game yesterday just this losing skid it's just been disgusting just disgusting with turnovers sloppy (sighs) Bo Ryan would be, well, Bo Ryan would, there was a little Bo Ryan in Greg Gard last night. It's like, AJ Storr, if you're going to turn the ball over and take crummy shots, I'm going to bench you. For a true freshman, right? Like, there's, that's a little Bo Ryan coming from, from Gardo last night. I like that. I love that move, honestly. And, you know, Klesmit down the stretch, he still got stones. He's still, you know, a clutch player. I still like having him on this team, even though he struggled. Um, and I think that bodes well for March. This team can pull off wins, close in games even when they play like crap. And they kind of played like crap last night. I think so, too, in stretches. All right, Cone, I got to run. I appreciate you. We'll talk more Badgers basketball soon. I I think at some point we got to get Big Cat on the show to preview the Big Ten tournament or to preview March Madness, and I know you'll appreciate that. Oh, absolutely, Grant. Absolutely. Can't wait. And go Badgers. Keep Greg guard. Let's go. Keep Get rid of the Greg guard cage. All right, Wisco Sports Show. We're woefully late for a break, but we're rolling. Callers, we're rolling. Thank you guys for your contributions. Appreciate it. Always. Wisco Sports Show. Back after that. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can call the show as Cone and Darnell and Tony, Hector, Clemhead. Lots of good calls. Ed McGuanago right before the top of the hour. Very efficient too, fitting in all his information. It's quite a badge of honor when a caller calls in around 445 and they're under the gun to make their points. Really separates the men from the boys. Appreciate everybody. 608-321-1670. I'm following along with this Big Dom Eagles reporting. Derek Gunn, who originally reported earlier today, and it was echoed by Pro Football Talk, Florio, and others. It's like, well, Nick Sirianni missed Big Dom because Big Dom was the guy that calmed him down. You know, Big Big Dom was the guy that would that would hold him back. And in Big Dom's absence, Nick Sirianni got in fights with players and coaches, and his emotions got the better of him. Okay. Well, he also tweeted this. According to sources, Jalen Big Contract pulled in numerous directions on and off the field, put him under pressure that he didn't handle well. Big Dom suspended. Okay. 
This is so poorly worded. I now understand how he formatted this tweet. I'm going to start it over. Okay, so according to sources, on Jalen's big contract, it pulled him in numerous directions on and off the field, put him under a lot of pressure that he didn't handle well. End of bullet point. Big Dom suspended. He controls Nick Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. In his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. Okay, so two separate points. So I did Matthew Collar. You guys know Matt Collar. He covers the Vikings, Purple Insider, really good podcaster, wrote that book. It's a numbers game, Pro Football Focus. It's an awesome book. I'm currently reading it now. If that sort of thing interests you, would highly recommend. So I recorded a podcast with him yesterday. I did his podcast, Purple Insider. When that is out, uh, I imagine he'll put it out. <laughs> what if he just never puts it out? <laughs> you record. We record a 40-minute podcast, little eye on the enemy, Packers-Vikings off-season thing, and he just never... <laughs> Just never puts it out. Oh, that would that would be a kick to the huevos. That that would be a kick to the store. But anyways, I recorded a podcast with uh, with Matthew yesterday, and he was he was asking me about my expectations for the Packers in 2024, 2025, this upcoming season. And I'm like, Matt, look, I I don't want to put Super Bowl or bust expectations on a team that's just getting started, right? I also don't want to fall into the trap that this team is going to have countless runs to try to win a Super Bowl, right? You need you need to find a, a balance between having too many expectations and having not enough urgency. Because if we would go back and we would redo this Bucks run with Giannis, you know, that loss against the Raptors, it stung, but you're like, we're just getting started. And then the bubble, that loss stung, we're like, hey, we're just getting started. And then 2022 against the Celtics, you're like, well, Chris Middleton got hurt, but man, we're still really good. When he gets healthy, we'll be good. You start discounting all these great opportunities, and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, man, all of the chances that were wasted, and you just don't know how many runs you're going to get. So it's easy to say, Packers the youngest team in football, right? They're, they're just getting started. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know where the Packers would be two years, three years down the road. I know with Aaron Rodgers, who all-time great, Hall of Famer, Right, They had countless runs. But even if Jordan Love turns out to be very good, that doesn't mean that they have countless runs at this thing. Who knows? So you got to find that balance between expectations that aren't too high, but expectations that are high enough. Right, So you appreciate the opportunity. You recognize the, the opportunity that you have to win games. And, and I told Matthew, I'm like, the Packers are in a really good spot. And I, I've talked about this with, with all of you, too. It's like they didn't get a, they didn't get a coordinator poached. A lot of times an up and coming team that's doing really well. Look at the Lions. Everyone wanted a piece of Ben Johnson and uh was it Aubrey Graham, Brandon Aubrey? They're not Brandon Aubrey. That's somebody else. Anyways, their staff was picked over. Front office coaching staff. Eagles staff last year picked over. Niners staff gets picked over every year. Packers staff didn't get picked over. If anything, the Packers staff is getting better. We we think, we hope with Jeff Halfley. Their salary cap situation is improving not getting worse their schedule still won't be that bad because they didn't even win the division last year the honor of playing a first place schedule and and the toughest opponents of anyone in the division will go to the lions not the packers and also and to bring it back to this eagle story name the juggernaut in the nfc that's an impossible barrier i'm not really all that scared of jalen hurts right now in the eagles i think they're hanging on by a thread why would we be scared of the Cowboys? What what reason do Packers fans have to be scared of the Cowboys at all? Which is why I was so excited at the idea of going down there in the playoffs. It's like, they're not going to be scared. This organization has owned the Cowboys for years. And wouldn't you know it, it played out that way. The Niners, yeah, are very good and very scary, but the Packers came within an inch of beating them. 
And they got a lot of questions to answer this offseason. Find me the team in the NFC that's an impossible opponent for the Packers. This is what I'm saying, you guys. I don't mean to put Super Bowl or bust expectations on the Packers next year, but let's understand that a lot of things are lining up for this team. If they can get some, they can get some positions to pop and they can nail some picks and some of these players pop in year two, they're in a really good spot. 608-321-1670. Let's take a call, then we'll take a break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Grant, that's from Madtown. Ed in Madtown. We've had Ed in McGuanago, Ed in Madtown. What's up, Ed? And how briefly, how was the softball game on Sunday? I, I wasn't able to make I, it. My parents were in town. I didn't make it. You didn't make it either? Well, damn it. No, I had family. Um, needed at home. My priorities are a lot different these days, so that's family fine. comes first. Good so. for you. Family should always come two, first. Yeah, I have two little grandkids that need uh, grandpa to be around and give their daughter a break. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So I'm hey, I'm bummed that neither one could make it to the softball game. What did you call in to talk about? Yeah. Let's 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 get down to. Well, brass you were tacks. touching on the game last night. You were there. You you. I've had I've been to a few games. I've had some really great experiences, and I kind of marvel at other venues that I watch on TV. And the fans are off the chart. Uh-huh. Off the chart. They make our fans look like a bunch of. Oh, I want to say sleep, sleep, sleeping type. Um, like we're not really getting into the game. I'm telling you, the fans, I just would love to put the students down there in that bowl there. We're right behind LaPay and, and Butch and, you know, behind the bench. And let those fans just go because I get really, you know, I hear, oh, the fans are really in the game last night. I tell you, my experiences have not been that good. I've had people almost pull my pants down when I got up and got into a game, um, and you know, like a big dunk, like last night, right? A thunder oh, big dunk! dunk. I said you, big dong. Yeah. You talked about your pants big being dunk. pulled down. Sorry, yeah, big dunk. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and you get up and you cheer and you get really excited, and then you got a lady behind you pulling your pants to sit down. Yeah. You know, that just annoys the living, living crap out of me because. I'm here. I paid big bucks for a ticket. I'm going to get into the game and enjoy the game. Yeah. I mean, I know maybe we got the other fans are sort of sitting there on their hands and maybe they can't get up as much as we can. Maybe they got bad knees. Point is, is I really, I, I just wish we had that kind of atmosphere more. Yeah. I mean, where the fans just go off the charts and I don't see that at the, at the Cole center, not as much as I'd love to. It certainly wasn't the most insane crowd I've ever been a part of. It's a weeknight. You know, I, I didn't yell maybe as much as I normally would have because uh, there were some people right in front of me, and I don't think they wanted to be yeah, I know. screaming That's in their the ears. That's the problem, my friend. I mean, you should be able to bring it. Bring it. Right. You should be able to bring it. I mean, we got to make this a home court advantage, not just kind of get up in sporadic moments when there's sort of like a one play here, two plays there, and then you got to sit back down and act like a little altar boy. Or you're just being all prim and proper, and it just doesn't ring true to me. And maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't think I am. I've heard other people go to games, and they're just like, these fans here just don't want to get up and get fired up. And that's my big uh, call for tonight. I'm I'm just excited that uh, they won a game, and they did it kind of not in the fashion I would like to see them do it. I want them to keep that lead, seven point lead with yeah. maybe um, two minutes left in the game. And, right. and you think, but you know, Maryland, that one three pointer that one guy made, he made it from NBA three and then some. He can't guard that. You just can't. Because you don't want to follow the guy. And then you yeah. get a four pointer. And, yeah. and then we got a whole different game. So 
I give him a pass on that. But, you know, I just um, – I'm hoping for bigger and better things. I'm just looking for the March Madness. Just yeah, thinking time. thinking this team yes, get hot at right time. John Blackwell could be a big part of that. Ed, I got to run. I appreciate you. I just got a little bit behind. We waited too long to take our first break, and I still got to get two more breaks in here by the end of the show. Uh, the crowd, yeah. I mean, I kind of like that the, the refs made a couple iffy calls because that gets the crowd into it. And also, tip of the cap and stock up on Tyler Wall because he kept looking over the student sections like, yeah, give it to him. That wasn't a charge. Right, that wasn't a foul. Come on, let's, let's hear it. So my, my stock is very high for Tyler Wall, John Blackwell as well. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Been a fun show tonight. I knew that we were going to talk Badgers basketball and knew that we'd talk Brewers. Gary Sanchez is official. We have the Brandon Woodruff numbers. I didn't know what the rest of the show was going to be. Little Packers. Darnell went on a rant about about how stuff sucks now and rich people are ruining everything. And Tony kind of piled on and said, yeah, things do suck now. I might be coming around to the idea that things now suck. Normally, when everyone's like, oh, this used to be so much better. Oh, it used to be so much better back in the day. Uh, normally, I'm like, okay, you guys made Friends the biggest show on television. Don't don't tell me that things used to be that much better. But I think some things, yeah, some things were better. Cone making a, a point about concert prices. Oh, my God. Thank you, Cone. Back in the day, you could get into like... <laughs> Like uh, like Watkins Glen, for example. You had the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers. And I don't think those were the only two bands. I think, it was, who was it? Allman Brothers, Grateful Dead. I think there was another one that I'm missing. It was like the sickest concert, like so many people. And concert tickets for that were like six bucks. Like, yeah, barely any money. It just come in and vibe, have a good time. And I understand back in the early 70s, like six bucks was a lot. But it wasn't the equivalent of $250, which is what it costs now. Things suck now. Maybe the old folks are right. Maybe things were way better back in the day. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Back in my day, I could buy my first house and pay for my kids' college of six bucks. Well, back in the day was like 2009. Uh, but, you, but yeah, you are. You don't even have to go back that far. I, I think things might have been better back in the day. I'm, I'm open to this idea now. Grant, I am glad to see you made it to work. Uh, I was a little worried about you last night. What did uh, I? What did we have? Like two drinks at the game? Uh, I'm a big. I'm a big. Well, fan. for those who are familiar with Madison, we got Grant out for his first experience at the old Red Shed, and you know, I said, "Yeah, we'll have one before the game." Turn around, go to the table, and these big mason jars. And uh, we kind of looked at each other as soon as we walked in the Colton. I'm thinking, man, that one drink. Oh, that'll get you. Some. I was buzzing a little bit. The national anthem was playing, and maybe it was patriotism, or maybe it was the liquor, or a mix of both. But I turned to you. I'm like, I think I'm I'm a little more drunk than I thought I was when we walked in here. It was just perfect. It was a great experience. I thank you again for offering me a ticket. That was a good time. Of course, of course. And covering the game from the fans' perspective, that's why you know you wake up the next day and you have a smile on your face. Unlike Zach, who's just pissed at the world every day. This is. But this is. I, I do this, by the way, to irk Zach. Most people would say I went to the Badger game. I'm the ass that's like I covered the game from a fan perspective. Which Zach is like, what does that even mean? Like Zach, I love bothering Zach by saying things like that. Uh, speaking of the fan perspective, just to address the fan situation. I, it happens to everybody. Look, you, you're getting this, 
you know, uh, I think it was Ed prior to the break, you're getting this take because you're not watching Michigan State play, you know, Northwestern on a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Like college basketball in the regular season, the games that you're tuning into most likely, and I could be wrong, I'm not speaking directly to Ed, but Badger fans as a whole, when you tune in to a college basketball game, you're actually watching, you're generally watching ranked matchups. You're generally watching the prime time, the big time, you know, Dickie V's and the calling the game. You're not watching somebody's loser kid call a game at 8 o'clock on TikTok for an unranked Big Ten Tuesday night match. That's true. That's a good take. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. There's definitely, like, if you're watching Illinois and, and Purdue, well, I would encourage you, man, you should have been at the Purdue game because that crowd was just insane at the Kohl Center. So yeah. as somebody who's been to a lot of games, it definitely depends on time, it depends on network, and it depends on who you're playing. Uh, that's, a, that's a good take. Yeah, I, I will that buy that 100%. Said, no, no notes. Continue. That being said, man, there's a lot of gray hair around <laughs> that lower level where we were. Where those were. And the ladies in front of us, man, I boo. And, and don't get me wrong. You know, I was a cheerleader. I, uh, I sing in a band sometimes. I've got types, right? So when I'm yelling, it's not quiet. Yeah. And I booed the officials like everybody else. Uh, and, man, they kind of jumped a little bit and looked back at me like, that was a little aggressive. Like, oh, sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit because I don't want to impact other fans' experience. True, true. Like, yeah, yeah, this, that's the, go- like the that. golden rule for me of going to concerts and sporting events is don't impact someone else's experience. You do whatever you want to do and behave however you want to behave as long as it doesn't impact someone else's ability to also do what they want to do. And I did get the sense like, yeah, I'm not going to scream in these people's ear. And that's fine. Yeah, and old people can't see, so they got to stick close. But, Grant, I don't know if you've uh, mentioned it. I've been kind of listening in and out tonight. Uh, I'm on my four-mile walk to the pinball tournament because, you know, when you say one time, not wandering to the west side. But uh, your best take from last night is that every good college basketball game, when you are in person, needs at least a couple bad calls yeah. to get the fans going. Yeah, you need, the home, you need to screw the home team a couple of times to really wake the crowd up. I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't, like, cost us the game. And the best part about last night is there were bad calls both ways, and even the guys behind us that were a little more aggressive than we were, uh, they... <laughs> They were getting into it. They're like, oh, my God. You know, they're kind of yelling, and everybody around us is like, dude, we got the call right. And he goes, I know, but that's still bad. Yeah, the, the Chucky Hepburn charge was the worst call of the night. That was, a, that was a horrible call. And we benefited from it. Absolutely. Yeah, good uh, good overall game. I think, you know, resetting some expectations. I definitely was pretty high on this team, you know, a month ago. Um, but I think the goal still remains the same. This is still a team that certainly can get to the Sweet 16. Uh, they have all the pieces. They have the talent. Uh, and, and that's the bar, man. It, it, look, March comes, and we've seen teams. We've seen, uh, what, Michigan a couple years ago was, like, the worst team in the Big Ten tournament, and they ended up winning and then going to a lead eight. And so you never know what happens in March. And uh, I say that as I'm walking the hill getting rapidly out of breath. So I'll let you go on that note. Uh, good takes, Packers. Yeah, you can't be Super Bowl or bust. So. Can't be Super Bowl or bust. I just want to appreciate how things might line up for us next year, and I don't want to waste opportunities. I'm not in the Super Bowl or bust business, but I'm also not in the wasted opportunity business. I'll take it even one step further. Badger football, Packer football, let's just kick the crap out of our rivals, and we're all going to have a good time no matter what happens. <laughs> That's a good way to approach it. Have a good night, Vagabond John. Thanks. Later, Grant. Appreciate it. Uh, that is my. I, have, I had two takes at the game last night. One is that the home crowd should get screwed by a call or two to wake everybody up. And the other take I'm going to hold on to. 
It's a Connor Siegen take. And I thought Vagabond John was going to say it. I'm like, not yet. I'm going to hold I'm going to hold on to this take. I have a Connor Siegen take that might be the the funniest, best, most accurate take. I'm going to hold on to it because I'm not 100% sure I, I believe it yet. But I might give it a couple more weeks. And I, 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 need, I, need, I need a little more information before I know that this is 100% a good take. It has the potential to be incredible. I'm, I'm going to sit on it. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Last segment, Wisco Sports Show. Not really a segment, but a farewell. Thanks for all the calls. Great Badger basketball takes. We'll get more into detail maybe about the Brandon Woodruff signing. Maybe have some audio, some comments. Direct from the horse's mouth. The horse being Woodruff, Matt Arnold, others involved with the Brewers. No games on tonight. Relax. Don't have to worry about the Badgers blowing a game or the Bucks embarrassing themselves. Kick back. Take it easy. Can't wait for tomorrow's show. Talk to you all at four. Drink my wine.